Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today's guest is Athena Martelloni. She is, you know, last name you could tell is Italian, but she's not in Italy right now. She's traveling the world and uh, she's here to share all of her past experiences or current experiences uh, through yoga, through dance through just through life. I'm so excited to have you as a guest here today, Athena Martelloni. Where are you located right now? Because you have an incredible background. Oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's extremely beautiful. I am in the south of Spain at the moment between Granada and Malaga, close to a small town close Almunecar by the sea and uh, I'm sharing my life between this um, beautiful house, beautiful villa that I am in right now with a friend and a farm uh, on the top of Sierra Nevada mountain which is close by a farm that has no wi-fi and there's only nature there so I'm dividing my life between pure luxury and just pure uh, nature and I love this uh, so are you waking up you know when the sun comes up because that's often what happens when you're so in tune with nature like no alarm clock no nothing are you are you living by the sun and the moon yeah 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 definitely i woke up uh, sometimes after the sun rise, my windows are always open, so it's the light that will wake me up, as is supposed to be for everybody. And I go to bed a bit later than the sunset. But here the sunset is quite late, it's like 9.30, but still, there's friends around, maybe sometimes it's midnight, 1, sometimes it can be 11, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the timing. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know, I read that, you know, you just entered into this yogic journey a few years ago. When I think of yoga teachers, I, I find that they I have so many friends who who've entered the journey like in their late 30s, early 40s, and, and they come from so many different backgrounds. What led you into yoga? Oh, good question. So Ah, my mother always told me I'm supposed to do yoga because I suffer from anxiety for most of my life. I still do some, sometimes, sometimes, but I'm much more capable to control it now. She was always telling me that, but as a, somebody that is very active, I'm like, what yoga? What is that? That is going to be so boring. I'm not like it and blah, blah, blah. So accidentally it happened when i was living in london one of my friends brought me to a yoga class in the in a gym right and after 10 minutes of this class i just left it was so hard for the body you know it was extremely difficult i couldn't handle it i never did sports in my life because i suffered from low self-esteem and so whatever i would start i would just give it up and so that yoga was very intense physical exercise but by that time i didn't know what actually what was actually yoga so i dropped it there i never went back like and then after a few years again uh, or maybe after Months, I don't remember, maybe a few months, uh, I, I went into this other yoga place that was a Buddhist center in Bethnal Green in London. 
And uh, I was maybe the age of 23, 24. And uh, I liked it there. The, the, the place was very quiet, you know. The, the, the room are, you know, those rooms that musicians use. You know, you cannot hear anything from outside. I don't know exactly how to say it in English. Soundproof. And... Uh, Soundproof, thank you. I actually know this word. <laughs> Soundproof. And the painting was so beautiful. The color, you know, Buddha and the, 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 the gold color and this green. And, and that yoga was really gentle, physical yoga practice. And somehow I liked it. I felt like at peace, a strange very strange for my overactive mind. And then from that, little by little, I started to go and I started to go for a, in a hot yoga studio. So the room is heated at 40 degrees. And there, uh, uh, as the room is heated at 40 degrees, your muscles heat up much faster. And so your flexibility improves much, much faster. And after a few weeks that I was going there, um, uh, I started to see some improvement for the first time in my life. I'm like, oh, I'm improving at something, you know. And from there, I started to go little by little. Uh, but the life I was doing was not balancing with um, with the with this yoga, the the asana, which is pose in Sanskrit. We call it asana, which is a very small part of yoga. It's just the physical part. So I was going there. And then beside that, I was working a lot. I was taking a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol when I had uh, free time. And that was not balancing. And then one day I finally decided to do something for myself. And I went in Morocco for a yoga retreat. And there's something magical happened and life, life was very kind with me. And uh, from that experience, I changed my life completely. And I started to dive deeper into yoga, studying the philosophy, going for courses and a lot more. Yeah, so many things. You, you mentioned that you decided to start doing something for yourself. Does that mean that prior to, to this, you felt like you were only doing things for other people? Can you tell me more about that? Um, before that, I was really in self-destructive, destruction mood. How do you say that when you're just destroying yourself? Self-sabotage, self-destructive, yeah. Exactly that. So... Um, everything started for me with uh, a trauma of uh, being rejected, feeling rejected from my father. And that was at the age of 11. And um, from that moment, my father always, uh, he chose another woman. Uh, my parents are separate since I was very little, but he chose another woman and he wanted to live with that woman and I was not ready for that. And when he went with that woman, he, um, he changed also and he, he wanted to raise me like a very strong girl, you know. He was really hard with me and 
I was too sensitive for that. And I just needed love, really. And uh, he wants to control me too much. He wants me to be something that I was not. And I didn't feel free. So I try, I escape as soon as I could at 19. When I was 19, I'm like, Daddy, I don't need you, you know, I don't need your money, I don't need anything, I'm just leaving. And so I went to London and there, all of the trauma that were there already went more, more in a, in a, in a darker place with drugs and alcohol. This is what happened. And I was just going freely against myself. I was very, very bad. My worst enemy was my mind. I was, uh, maybe very happy in front of others. I like to make people happy. And for sure, I would be somebody that is fun uh, at, at the eyes of the others. But the people that are close to me, they know how, how ugly I was with myself. Yeah, yeah. You, you talked about it was a moment where you said you, you wanted to feel free. You didn't feel free. Uh, you know, living with your father. What are, the, what are moments for you now when you feel free? <laughs> now it's when I dance, when I watch a sunset, when I work with my feet in the nature, in the garden, when I just when I am present, when I manage to get rid of my anxiety and I am fully in the present moment, that is the moment that I am free. And this was not possible many years ago. I needed to uh, find my own way to freedom and everybody has a different way to freedom. Yeah. You, you mentioned dance. Uh, I, there's something so cathartic about dancing. It's in so many cultures. I feel like in an American culture, it's kind of been stifled a, a bit, but most cultures throughout the world have some form of dance. What type of dance uh, do you incorporate into your feelings of freedom? So um, dance movement was always a part of my life. I started to dance when I was young. And then, of course, I dropped it all because of the low self-esteem, depression, always the same reason and feeling worthless and all of that. And uh, then I take this the, the road to yoga, as I explained to you, and um and uh, I started to study yoga uh, on myself and I started to uh, realize that actually what I need the most, mo more than the poses of yoga, I need some breathing exercise, simple breathing exercise to feel better. And then uh, eventually uh, ecstatic dance came into my life. When I was in London, or then Lisbon or I've, I've traveled a lot and lived in many places I would always dance but only when I was drunk or on drugs I would never feel comfortable to dance sober 
no way, not even alone. I would not feel comfortable on doing that, not at all. And somehow put me into this ecstatic dance event, which I will explain you in a bit what is it about. And at the beginning, I would feel so shy. I would go there. So in ecstatic dance, you cannot drink. There's no alcohol. There's no drugs allowed. You cannot speak on the dance floor, okay? So the only thing you can do is dance. And the first times it was really like, I was feeling so shy, I couldn't do it. I'm like, everybody was dancing so freely in the most crazy, creative way. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that. I can't do it. And then little by little, somehow I always wanted to go back because I love music so much. And with ecstatic dance, there's uh, all style of music can be there. The music starts with very low BPM and it goes so very low BPM for, for everybody to understand. It can be like classic music, something very slow. And it goes high up to very you know high BPM. It can be like techno, psychedelic music, and then it goes back down. So it's like a wave. And that happened within one or two hours, sometimes three hours. Why is it going like that? And there is a DJ who is doing, who's playing this music. Because so the, you have the time to adapt, you know. You start slowly and you build the movement up, 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 and then you slow down again. And um, I was... I was in India after my last yoga teacher training. That was like three, three years ago. Yeah. And uh, I went into this beautiful place called the Source Open Space. And there's like 300 people, the biggest ecstatic dance event I ever been. And they're all dancing like crazy. And after some times I adapt completely to, to that, uh, that environment and the feeling I had after this ecstatic dance it was like a, re a release a release a sense of freedom a sense of peace and calmness of the mind and the body my body transformed completely I've been obsessed about the way I look you know, many women are, and nowadays even many men have the same problem because so much advertisement, advertising, so much social media, people looking at this and they think, oh, I should look like that, I should be like that. And this can be frustrating if somebody is insecure already. And so with ecstatic dance, it I realized my body just became the way I wanted because I was moving my body exactly the way it wants to move. If you push yourself every day to do some exercise that you do not like, you're going to take three or four times the, the, the time to have the body that you want Instead, if you move your body and you love to move your body in that way, like for me, it's dancing, for you can be going for a walk in the mountain, uh, martial art, run, jog, whatever. If you move it and you enjoy why you're doing it, your results is going to be one billion times faster. And for me, I am 
sure most of the people will love dancing. It's just that they don't know how to do it. They, they don't know how to free themselves. Most of the people love music. If you love music, you must also love trying to move that music that you like. So ecstatic dance is for everybody. Dance is for everybody. And I believe it can really change lives. It did it for me. And now I, I also try to share this with others. And I try to bring my ecstatic dance in Italy. And I did that. And now I'm going for an ecstatic dance gathering on the 10th of um, this month, June, just to do something else more for myself. I've been focusing on my students and my career so much. I feel like, oh, I need to do something myself. Otherwise, I cannot give it to others. So that, that is what dance about. Uh, and, and I love that you emphasize the idea once again of if you don't do some things for yourself, it's hard for you to give to others. Uh, you know, so, so it's, 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 it's good to give. And it's healthy to give and and to be of service, but we can't forget ourselves in the process of that. Uh, you mentioned that you know there's a lot of drug use early on, tied to low self-esteem, probably at also attached to your father. You know, choosing uh, another woman to love and leaving. Was it through a static dance in yoga that you were able to kick the drugs, or? Were there other things that were also involved in you moving away from drugs and, and more towards freedom? Um, I must say that yoga saved me. Then, you know, yoga is an ancient philosophy. It's not what is trending nowadays, doing the fancy poses and stuff, which I also do to advertise it. Everything is there on Instagram. But what I write under the text, then it's more important than the picture itself. Yoga saved me, really, really saved me. And from there, I, I discovered ecstatic dance too. And uh, for me, ecstatic dance is also a part of yoga because yoga itself and means to feel uh, in in complete harmony with yourself and everything that uh, surrounds you. And in order to achieve this state, the philosophy of yoga gives you a lot of tools, okay? And I call it yoga and you can call it whatever. I'm not like uh, fussy or picky about, about this. Uh, the, the important is that you find that harmony. I have a lot of tools with yoga and yoga therapy. And uh, for me, yes, it was about listening to myself, calming the, the anxious mind, first of all, so I could listen to myself. What it is myself, what is my true essence, and luckily, I had a very strong meditation experience when I was in Morocco, when I decided after London to do that, I had to do something for myself. And I ended up in Morocco in a yoga retreat. 
and I had a very strong meditation experience. Somebody call it enlightenment, somebody call it out of the body experience. And I was not an, an expert on meditation. I actually started to meditate since a month by that time. And I was meditating just for 10 minutes a day. And it was so frustrating because when I was trying to sit down, one billion thoughts would come into my brain. And when I would end those 10 minutes, I would feel even more stressed than when I started. And so for me, that moment in Morocco, that moment changed my life completely. And I feel just blessed that life gave me the opportunity to live because from that moment on, I stopped thinking about suiciding. For the, that moment, I thanked, for the first time in my life, I was thankful for being alive. For the very first time at the age of 25, 20, 26, 26, 24, yeah, something like that. And um, so that, that from there, so from yoga that everything started then it was not so it was not so easy i would still take drugs and be addicted to alcohol for some time yeah and i would try to balance my my life then i stopped drugs i always did alcohol and then little by little i start to meet the right people also somebody that can inspire me somebody that can push me to be a better me i was always around a situation that would push me down and would bring me backward. And when I went out of that, I started to round myself with the right people, people that inspired me. And I went for trainings and I read books and then, then little by little. And actually when I discover the ecstatic dance in India three years ago, that is the moment I'm like, okay, I can have fun with no alcohol and no drugs. And that is the moment it was in complete control of alcohol and drugs intake. Then I, uh, I got um, in a relationship with a Muslim, so I didn't drink and I didn't take any drugs like two years and there was no problem and uh, also that finished uh, but now I'm in control and it was just it was just a journey with an up and down and sometimes it can happen again I'm still Italian I can still drink a glass of wine every now and then come on <laughs> yeah. yeah life is a journey it's kind of like the you know the music and aesthetic dance where you know it, it, it's like peaks and valleys it's slow and then the BPM speed up and I think a lot of times we get addicted to wanting life to be at a high BPM, not realizing that we, we need it to slow down so that we can recover and then get back into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well said. When, when you said uh, you stopped suiciding, what was it a breakup that was leading you to that? Was it the drugs and alcohol? What was contributing to those thoughts of suicide? You, sorry, can you, can you repeat the question again? What you, you talked about how when you're between the ages of 24 and 26, uh, it was, 
you know, getting into yoga, getting into dance that uh, detracted you from thoughts of suicide? Was it what was contributing to the thoughts of suicide? What was contributing is mainly the low self-esteem, the the past trauma that were never fixed. I'm actually fixing them now because I found I found out where they are stored in my body together with the drugs and the alcohol. Drugs and alcohol lower everything, lower you down. Drugs and alcohol, medicine, toxic relationship, bad friendship, living too much in a city, not going to the nature, that all contribute on going into that thought like, what am I doing in this life? You know, I feel useless. I'm doing a job I don't like. I feel so down and that down was because I have a background of depression from my mother and my father's side. So that contributes a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's all, all, all of many things. I, I, I guess people have so, so many different ways to think about suiciding. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said you had a job that you didn't like. What kind of work were you doing before you got into teaching yoga? So um, I was mainly working in hospitality. So I worked uh, as a as a as a bartender, as a chef, as a as all of this type of job in London. It's not really that I didn't like it because actually. Okay, in a, in, a, in a kitchen, it was very, very, um, I, could, I could be, ex- express myself uh, all the time. So if I would feel upset, I could express it because I didn't have to smile in front of every, anybody. I was inside a kitchen. So my anger was going out quite often and my stress and I was just swear. Working in a kitchen is like that, and and uh, and after that, becoming a waitress that was better because I had to smile in front of a customer, and that was was very nice. I love I loved it to be a waitress because it, it makes me feel worth it, you know. Even though it was just simple being a waitress, the problem is the hours. The amount of work was a lot. If if you've been in London. You know, if anybody's been in London, you know how fast the city goes. And so as a waitress, you have to run even faster than the city. And uh, that was the amount of work was a lot. And it was not my purpose, you know. I would feel tired to go to work. I like it, yes, but I like to teach yoga. I like to read my philosophy, yoga philosophy book to my friends and my students. I like to dance. I have a different purpose in uh, life. But it's okay to do something that 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 makes that gives you the money to go towards your goals. This is I always say that to my students. 
because they always, most of them, they're like not happy with their job. And I'm like, okay, fine. You're not happy with your job. You're not a tree. Yeah. You can move. You, you can change, right? You're not happy with that job. Okay. What, 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 what makes you happy? What would you like to do? What, what, what does nourish your soul? Is there a, a dance class? Is there a theater? Is a, is a sport? What is it that you always try and you didn't? What is it that you like when you were a child and you have never tried that? You don't want to die with it. You got to try. You got to try as many things as possible because life is only one. And maybe between these things, you're going to find your passion and you're going to make your work out of that passion. So this is what I did when I had that strong moment in, in, uh, in Morocco. After that, I'm like, okay, I have to try things. And I failed with so many things. I tried singing lessons. I'm horrible at it. I'm horrible at singing. But at least I know I'm horrible, you know. I think I tried. I know it's not a thing for me. Like this with many other things. So I think, um, and I lost the point. What was the, what was the question? What do, what do I wanted to lead with that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's fine. We can keep going because, you know, one of the things you brought up was that you, you started to meet people that kind of guided you along this path of, of health and spirituality and, and connection. And I guess one of the questions that comes up for me is, was there anything that they said to you or had you do that, that still resonates with you to this day? You know, a lot of times our mentors or people who take us under our wing, they say things and it just clicks and you're like, that makes, that may, helps make life make so much more sense. Ah, oh, wow. There's so many things from friends and teachers. So many. Like, uh, books, maybe. I have, um yeah most the most most common most common sentence athena you have to love yourself yeah that's what many of my teacher told me or oh, athena you need to relax this is this is those are the things most of my teachers told me um I was thinking about something specific, if there is something specific, but I cannot find anything. Well, when you say relax, you know, that makes me think of when you talked earlier about you needed the breath work more than the yoga. And yeah. so many of us, myself included, as I'm talking about this, I'm realizing you know, I was speaking from my chest and not from my, you know, my diaphragm. Can you talk to us about breath work and how and and how to breathe and how to connect with that breath? Okay, so um, there are so many different breathing exercises in yoga, uh, and you 
with the knowledge of a, a teacher have to find which one you need and what do you need. Some are lighter, some are stronger. It, it, it depends on your personality and on your body uh, and on your body limitations too, because we are all different. Um, so the breath is really underestimated nowadays. It always, nowadays, maybe it's a little bit more, people are a little bit more conscious, like everybody's doing yoga nowadays. So little by little also, everybody's gonna do in breathing exercise, I, I hope. Um, uh, you, if you imagine like in nature, there are animals like like elephants or turtles, and they 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 breathe very slowly, like inhalation and exhalation, last like one minute or thirty seconds or maybe two minutes. I don't remember now. And they live over a hundred years. While insects, most of the time, if you watch some documentary, you see they breathe very very fast, and so they have a very short lifespan. And we. We are creatures of this nature too. So with yoga, we want to expand our prana, we call it in Sanskrit, the life force. And most of the time nowadays, we just breathe from our upper chest, from the, from the, the top of our lungs, and we don't breathe with our whole body with the belly with the diaphragm and with the lower lungs so the most common breathing exercise is like a full yogic breathing while you inhale and you blow your belly and then your diaphragm area and then your chest and when you exhale you exhale through your chest and then the diaphragm area and then your belly and that is a very simple breathing exercise but i found out for me, like for many people, like I have very low body awareness, which is improving with time. So for me, I need a very strong breathing exercise, very strong. I have to make a forceful exhalation through the nose and keep doing that for for a long time, for like five minutes. And it's called Kapalabhati. And that is what I need to do in the morning. I do that. I do three rounds of that in the morning. And that calms my mind and energizes my body. But not everybody can do this exercise. There are so many, um, if you like, suffer from, you know, heart attack or high blood pressure, many things. So some breathing exercise should only be performed with the teacher. but I promise you, if you know what do you need after trying different things, if you know what does your body need, you're going to fix your life with a breathing exercise. You will realize you breathe better, you breathe longer, and your mind is more calm or maybe more uh, active, depending on what you need, and the body as well. So breathing is a wonderful tool. Don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate that. Do your research, do some courses, ask me <laughs> anything. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up about in terms of finding the breathing exercise that is right for you and your body. Because uh, exercise and working out is the same thing that 
like depending on you and your body and your genetics and your stress levels, hot yoga may not be the best for you. Vinyasa or, you know, um, I forget the other types of yoga, but there's so many different types of yoga based yeah. on your energy levels. Just like there's certain foods that agree with your body and don't agree with your body just based off of your genetics and time of day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for you, do you start your morning off with yoga? Like what's your morning routine looking, look like? And, and what's your nighttime routine? How do you, how do you meet the, the sun and, and, you know, say goodbye to the moon? Okay. So, um, nowadays, uh, I still, <laughs> I woke, I'll be completely honest with you. I wake up and I take a coffee because I'm Italian and I love to do that. So I take a coffee and then I go to the toilet. It's important to empty myself completely, to take a shower, to shower properly because during the night we uh, expel some toxins, uh, toxins out of our body. Uh, and uh, it's important to wash that toxins away from the skin in the morning. And then after a few hours, I do my breathing exercise after a few hours because the coffee should not be there. When I was in India, when I was on my trainings and stuff, then I would take, I would go to the toilet in the morning, I would take a shower and I would do the breathing exercise without the coffee. Okay. But I, I have the time now. I have the time so I can wake up, take my coffee and take two hours of just enjoying myself and then doing my breathing exercise. Uh, that's the most important thing for me. Yoga, the asana, so what it, what it, it has so many names nowadays, pinyasa, hatha, and blah, 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 which is very small part, is one eighth. There are eight steps to achieve yoga, and one of them is the poses of yoga. And that, that usually happens when I teach. If I teach a lot, I don't do much of a self-practice. When I uh, don't teach like nowadays, I do some asana because I need it for my flexibility. Because I, why, why the, the yoga have those positions? Because to meditate, you need to be comfortable. If you are not flexible, if you are not, if you don't have a correct posture, if you have some problem in your organs, how can you sit down, meditate, and focusing on your mind while your body it's already in a, in a bad place? This is why there is yoga asana. This is why there is all of this style of yoga to facilitate the practice of the mind. Because yoga doesn't only work on the, on the muscle, it works on the bones, in the organs and everything. So the physical practice is there to fix your physical body in order to access easier to your mind and to your spiritual body. And um, so I do some yoga. 
I do exercise uh, in general. I like many style, different styles of exercise. What I like the most is working in the nature. That's the best for me. In the fields, that is the best exercise. But of course, then I do my yoga, like I do a split. I, I stretch, you know, my back. I do everything that I need for my posture. My abs is very important for me, for my posture, for everybody's posture. And I try to eat healthy through the day. And in the evening, I don't really have a ritual in the evening, to be honest. If the best would be for me to watch the sunset, that would be the best I could do for myself in the evening. I eat a lot of food. I eat maybe a little bit too much. Uh, but now I don't see that anymore as a food disorder. I had food disorder before. And now I changed the name. It's not food disorder for me anymore. It's just that I love food. Now I love food. I'm Italian. I like to eat. Sometimes I eat a little bit too much. And I don't mind. It's okay. I have a little bit of fat and I'm okay with now I am finally. So I guess in the evening I eat and then I just chill. I don't watch TV. Uh, I'm, I spend time with friends or maybe sometime I listen to some meditation. Yeah, this is what I do. There is this beautiful app called Insight Timer and it's free. There is a lot of beautiful guided meditation, sleeping meditation. And sometimes I do that. When I feel like I, I cannot sleep just straight away, I listen to this, uh, this app. Otherwise, I just go to sleep straight after chatting with friends. And I usually leave with somebody, friends, best friends. So that's my evening. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the fact that, you know, one, you spend the evening with friends. It, it just reminds me of how most of us used to spend our evenings, you know, before TV and Netflix and HBO um, and and just recognizing that um, our our connection with nature and, and how that can ground us and give us energy in the morning. You know, it, I know that you have the coffee, but there is something about being outside and feeling your feet on yeah. sand or grass or rocks. There's, there's something invigorating about that. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit because you said you were in the process now of repairing uh, some relationships. I'm assuming that's with your father or your mother. or, or Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So finally something is changing with my father i feel strong to uh have a conversation with him i've always been very scared i when he raised his voice i can only cry even at, even now at the age of 31 um but something happened when I was in Italy. We had a discussion about something and I was capable to stand up on my point, you know, and, you know, and be myself and express who I am and that what I'm saying is what I believe on. And then, of course, after he he apologized for being too hard after, after when I when I was already <laughs> at home, but at least... Uh, at least I was able to um, express myself. So 
With my father, um, I know he knows where he made the mistake. But unfortunately, the pain I went through, even though I forgave him in my mind, the pain is still stored in my body. And I find that out through my best friend, which was my teacher in Morocco. She was my yoga teacher there. And she's the one that guided me through that strong meditation experience. And seven years later, we are best friends. So my hero, my biggest inspiration, she became my best friend. And uh, um, she can connect with my body very well. And one day she connected and she felt something close to my belly button, more up closer to my diaphragm and once she started to push there I started to cry and in that moment she had a vision of me and my father uh, so we realized that ah even though I forgive in my mind something is still there and so now I'm focusing on this part of my body where is the sacral chakra you know and everything that has to do with self-worth so when this place is out of balance you don't have you, you know you have you have low self-esteem you have food disorder and all the things I've been saying until now so everything is just coming into uh, an end for me so this is what I'm trying to heal now. I'm going through this healing uh, process myself, for myself, so that I can give more to others. And I always share my new knowledge. I always share my experiences, if that can help. And I'm sure it can. So, um, yeah, that is what I'm doing now. <laughs> I love that. And I appreciate you for, for sharing that. And I'm assuming that part of the process of uh, releasing it uh, from that area of your body is uh, through breathing exercises and, and movement and dance. Is there any journaling or any, anything else you're doing to, uh, to, to heal or to, to get more connected to that feeling? Um, yeah, so a lot is affirmation. I need, I have some affirmations, um, that I, that I repeat myself every day. Like, uh, I am enough. I have a purpose. I know who I am and I live the truth and I live true to myself. I'm confident and authentic. I have some things. And especially for me, every day, I have to make small choices to create that feeling of personal power and authenticity. Uh, small choices, it can be something very superficial, like putting a lipstick on or I don't know anything like doing that abs exercise something very small and me i know i need that and um beside that uh um so what 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 was the question again uh, basically it was you know what's what's also included in your process of 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 forgiving ah, your heal. father and healing yourself and moving past yeah. that pain. 
Yeah, so sorry, but I have learning difficulties as well. So my mind sometimes just stops. So you asked me about journaling. Yeah, so there are some specific yoga poses that I should do, like the warrior poses or the poses that open the chest, the back bends, because that's going to open exactly this part here. And these are poses that are very good also for people that suffer from depression. This is normal because somebody that is confident always walk very nice and straight with the chest open. Somebody that is not is doing the opposite. And so somebody that is too proud and too much ego should do forward fold, while somebody that is too insecure should do backward bending so i know the poses that i need exactly for my body and i don't need to do it for one hour and a half for me 15 minutes and 30 minutes it's already enough beside that journaling was a big thing for me i was writing a lot and um, i start to write less my diary got stolen in Barcelona together with my backpack and something shifted with, within me. I always tell myself that I have a very bad memory, that I don't remember things. This is, this is why I write stuff down all the time. So I started to reduce that just to challenge myself, okay? But it was very beautiful. I have so many beautiful things written, uh, written down. Uh, so... Those, those are the things I do, the breathing exercise, very important. Massage, massages are very important for me. I go for massage often, more than once a week if I can. Yeah. And you also brought up, thank you first for sharing that, you know, between the nature walks, the massage, uh, journaling. Um, you, you mentioned how, you know, you went through a breakup of two years, I imagine, you know, two years of time with someone that can be tough. How did you manage the, the breakup after? Because so many people, it undoes them. They, they turn to drinking and alcohol and, and different things. What was your process for moving beyond that? Oh, okay. Um, first of all, I want to add something to the previous question, nature. Nature is always the best, the, the best therapist and the best healer. So go and spend time with nature, try to connect with nature. That's also fundamental for me and I do it every day. The breakup, wow. And we were together in COVID times, so together in the same house most of the time. It was very hard. It was very hard, but different than before, different than all the other breakups, because for the first time, it was me to the side of breaking up, first of all, while before I've always been left and rejected because I was not confident of myself. So I would always very attached to the men in front of me. I would always choose those type of men that are like my father, you know, very hard, very um, possessive, very like not sweet. They were not giving me love the way I want that. My father gave me love in his own way. It's just that I need a lot of 
sweetness, right? And so I would choose all of these type of men before, and uh, they broke up with me most of the time, and I felt so, so down, you know, so lost and stuff. This time was different because I, I started the relationship with this guy uh, after India, so after discovering the ecstatic dance and everything, I was blossoming, you know, full of knowledge. India was so powerful. And uh, the breakup was painful because it was my real serious relationship. I thought I fall in love for this guy. And uh, there was something within our bodies, the, the pheromones, something, the deep physical connection together with uh, harmony moving together into life in such an harmonious way. Yeah? But then the culture, too different. I... Uh, don't belong to any religion and I belong to all religion. I belong to everything. I do not call myself into any small circle or minority or majority. I belong to everything. And for a deep Muslim believer, that was already a problem. So uh, that cultural difference brought up so many fights like I go to the beach topless yeah because I don't mind because I like to go to the beach topless that was not possible for him you know and I don't allow somebody to tell me you don't go to the beach topless and so that the fights begin or you should wash your butt with the left hand because the right hand is the one you eat and I'm like I do whatever you know and that's another fight. Or you have pictures with your male friends together, so close on your social media. Everybody can see that that is not right. So I cannot be with somebody like that. But it was so difficult to, to let him go because I've, there was a deeper connection that I've never experienced in my life, in my life before. So I was kind of blind on the other side. And... Uh, and then I went to, for holidays to meet my friend. And with her, I realized, no, she's a, she's a sexual educator. And now I'm working with her. And we are fighting together for people to know more about sex and how, you should, how a man should treat a woman, how a woman should treat a man, what are the different type of orgasm, how to enjoy lovemaking, how to respect each other. And she's doing it in a very open way. And I am her assistant, assistant and best supporter. And for him, that was not right. And I just choose myself over him. And I choose my best friends also over him. So I have... I have to move completely from the place I was in Italy to 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 handle to handle the 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 breakup and it was very hard and it's still very hard. We had another call a few days ago and it still hurt me to see that it's not understanding and it's not letting go. And 
I am not capable also to let him go completely. So I started to have a very deep pain all over my neck. Now, finally, today is gone. My body is, your, your mind, it, your body does what, you, what, what your mind does, your body is feeling it, okay? Where your mind is going, your body, it's going to feel it. So I'm still working through this breakup. I love him and I wish the best for him, but we cannot be together. And I'm very sad he cannot understand still now, after so many months, that we cannot be together. I guess I still go through this. The cure was staying with friends, staying with nature, doing my breathing exercise, keep dancing, cry sometimes, that's also good, <laughs> release. And yeah, just take care of yourself, love yourself, give love to yourself, because if you don't do that, how, how do you expect to love yourself if you don't take time to give love to yourself? You just got to do that. I love it. And I have two last questions. One is you mentioned books yeah. earlier. Are are there is there like one to three books that you have recommended to your friends? Oh. Wow. Okay. First book it was given to me in Morocco when I was struggling a little bit with my self-esteem uh and this teacher of mine amazing Canadian and Italian woman called Stella. She gave me true love from Teach Nath Han, a Buddhist monk, very small book, beautiful, direct to the point. I suggest it to everybody. I will suggest you my favorite book, which was given to me by a guy I met when I was working in a yoga retreat in Portugal a few years ago, he gave me that book and I'm like, oh, I, I don't need a book right now. And then that became my favorite book in the world. Please, if you have the chance, you must read that. It's the most beautiful. It's also smooth. It's called The Law of Spirit of Dan Millman. And a third book, Ah, I would say the yoga book, which I have it with me. Ah, you guys cannot see me. Uh, it's, it's, it's intense and it's a translation from Sanskrit. So you may need a teacher with that, or you just contact me and I will be more than happy to explain at least the first few pages of the book so you can go on yourself. It's the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali. And there are a lot of translation. The one I like is from Sri Swami Satyananda. And if you are a yoga beginner, complete beginner, the book I start from is Asana, Pranayama, Mudra, and Bandha. And that is an amazing book with pauses, with breathing exercise, with chakra, with so many things. Very practical book. And I suggest to everybody who's a beginner, that was my beginner book. Yeah. I love that. And I'll link to those books in the show notes. True Love by Thich Nhat Hanh, Law of Spirit by Dan Millman, The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. I can't pronounce that last one. Patanjali. Patanjali. And then the fourth one is, can you say the last one again? Asana. Asana Pranayama 
mudra and bandha. It's an orange book. I forgot the, 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 who wrote it, but, but it's a big book. It's, yeah. And then last question, I ask this of all my guests because I always imagine that there's one person listening in who may be on the precipice of wanting to end their life. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to them, Athena? I say to them that if you are still here, you have a purpose. You need to find the time to discover what is this that purpose. If you feel purposeless, come back to the child. Come back to when you were a child. You must have had a dream. You must have wanted to do something, try something, buy something, do something. Come back to that child. You are still that child. And discover all of these things that may become your passion in life. Try, try the things that can nourish your soul. Try different things. I'm sure you will find one that is really fulfilling. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, <laughs> listeners, for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help. For you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK. Or if you're international, if you're in Spain, if you're in China or Budapest or India, uh, wherever you are in the world, Canada, there are international suicide hotline numbers listed in each and every one of the show notes. If you can't talk, there are texts, there are chats, there are groups. There's someone out there willing to listen to you. Uh, and there are yoga classes all over the world. So uh, drop into a yoga class and at the end of the day, get in touch with your breathing. Uh, I'll uh, leave a link to uh, Latena uh, Martelloni's information in the uh, show notes so you can reach out to her via Instagram or, or Twitter or, what, or wherever her social media handles are. And uh, you can always go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Thank you so much, Tatana. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leo.